This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 219. This is the Luddite Special. That's what this is. I can't believe this we is, figured out how to actually podcast. It's amazing. I, I'm shocked. <laughs> As a pair of Luddites, <laughs> I'm shocked that we were able to. Uh, what I do is I flail with my fucking webbed fingers <laughs> at or near-ish a keyboard uh, uh, from within my my uh, bamboo hut. Man, you, get, uh, you have your webbed fingers actually touch the air. Mine never leave the water. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think it's a privilege to call yourself a Scientologist, and it's something that you have to earn. And because a Scientologist does, he or she has the ability to create new and better realities and improve conditions. Oh man! So we we're gonna do something. Uh, we're gonna do something a little bit different. We're gonna talk about uh, the Going Clear documentary. It's not necessarily gonna be a review. Yeah. Um, but we do want to talk about it. Um, we watched the HBO documentary on Scientology. It's called Going Clear. Um, it certainly made it very clear to me that Scientology is such a fucking racket. Oh, my gosh. It's absolutely a racket. I think that, that is the you know what? Rackettiest <laughs> racket that ever racketed a racket, <laughs> it's man. amazing. You know, it's, 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 it's a really, I thought, well-shot documentary. I thought they, they picked interviews that were... I thought right on. There's a dude in there who I would love to have on the show who's just swearing and being oh, the awesome. Curse like, I don't know what the fuck I was oh, thinking. You know what I was fucking he's thinking? Like, fucking what what I the thinking? fuck? Huh? Fucking forget about it. He was fucking awesome. He was amazing. He was so great. That guy was great. Um, there was a couple other people on there that I thought were just wonderful. They did a good job of selecting the people. They did a really good job of selecting the footage because I think some of that, you know, Tom Cruise stuff was amazing that they found. And all of the footage that they they clearly shoot at fucking Scientology land or whatever the fuck, wherever the place right. is, all that stuff is so crazy. It is absolutely through the fucking roof crazy. And the, the, do, the documentary itself, just a real quick brief background, takes – a look at Scientology from the very beginning. So it starts with sort of a little tiny, uh, I would say maybe a section is maybe 20 or 30 minutes that's just a biography of L. Ron Hubbard, sort of where he comes from, what he did, how he created the religion, and why he did it. And uh, and they, they, you know, they can't, you know, you can't figure out the person's, uh, the operation of someone else's mind, but they give a lot of clues as to maybe why he did it. Uh, and then, uh, and then they start talking to people who were actually involved in Scientology. Uh, they talked about the people, they talked to the people who 
why they joined, then what happened to them afterwards, and then why they quit. And uh, and they go through some people that are still in Scientology. So they're talking about Tom Cruise, they're talking about John Travolta, some really big stars who are in Scientology who uh, are just uh, – they can't say what's happened to them, but clearly there's been some – some crazy shit that's happened in their past. Tom Cruise, we're going to talk about here. John Travolta as well. And then there's a main character who's sort of the guy who they keep going back to over and over and over again. And this is the guy who, after L. Ron Hubbard died, sort of took the mantle over. And I'm I'm blanking on his name. David Miskovich. That's, Miskovich. Yeah, Miskovich. Yeah. That's his name. Miskovich was the one that they spent most of the time on. Uh, talking about it and they they make a, a a case as to sort of him being just really kind of a crazy dude in charge of a bunch of people yeah it's you know a, a confession time i actually watched this documentary uh from my car on a road trip so i listened to it rather than watched it i had it playing on my dashboard i would glance down on oh my god <laughs> well i had very little time <laughs> i wanted to make sure that i got to it um, so I, I, but I, I watched this while I was driving, but I, I figure I was driving through Indiana yeah, and it, to be honest, there's not a lot to see through a lot of it. I mean, there's, there is some of the grandeur of their giant stadium where they give their talks. When I saw that, yeah. that's cause I actually started watching it, um, at my house and I had, I finished it on the road trip. So, um, man, that's the fucking, the, the best parts. Well, I actually enjoyed the whole documentary. It was very well done, but like the parts that that they simply can't deny, like the because there's a bunch of stories from members, and you know they can say like ah none of that's true, none of that's true. But when you're filming your fucking convention of crazies, yeah, and you're saying like, I mean, you're saying shit as 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 meaningless as the fucking kodos, like onward, not backward, downward, yeah. not sideways. <laughs> you know, like it is, it is exactly that. Yeah. Like the message is. We would like your fucking money. Yeah, because you have to spend. It's really just what it sounds like to me is like a pyramid scheme, right? It sounds like one of those multi-level marketing schemes where you get somebody to come in and you're the guy at the top and you get them to push these audit sessions on all the other people that are below them, but they have to pay for the audit session. And the thing is, is that the multi-level marketing doesn't work because the people who are giving the audits don't get a cut. It doesn't sound like. Right. So yeah, it's, it's not really multi-level marketing. <laughs> it's multi-level marketing in a sense that they're pushing these things, but all the money gets kicked into the kitty for the people who are at the top. Really, those are the people who are benefiting right. the most from this money. And they have just crazy amounts of money. And these people also work for Scientology in, in these sort of sweatshop-like conditions. And it's just... It's really weird. It's really just so, so weird. weird, man. And then they let people abuse them. Um, one of the one of the things that we found this week is this article that talks about. Uh, it basically goes through what they call the most shocking allegations in the uh, Scientology documentary. It's from Huffington Post Entertainment. Now we're going to use this as a backbone to sort of talk about a few of the things that we that we learned. And I don't know that we learned, but just sort of were reiterated in a lot of cases. Well, you know, real quick, I want to talk about auditing just in general because I had this, I had this thought when I was when I was listening to them describe auditing, right? And I and I was and so auditing. If you're not familiar with Scientology, like one of their things that they do is they they have this idea that if you if you peel back the layers and you find out kind of the root cause of whatever it is that's causing some kind of emotional disturbance, 
Um, and the and you you pull back these layers yeah. through this auditing process, which sounds a lot like you know therapy, like talk therapy, but just by unqualified individuals. Um, so they have this idea that if you pull this stuff back, you'll have this emotional release or catharsis, and you'll be freed from whatever it is that bothers you. And I thought, man, that's confession. It's just bigger than confession. Like because what yeah. it seeks to do is it seeks to first. You tell an authority figure all your dirty secrets, yeah, and then they own those dirty mm-hmm. secrets. And you can pretend they don't fucking own those dirty secrets, but they own those dirty fucking secrets. And now you're fucking beholden to them in the Catholic Church or, you know, whatever. You confess and you're beholden to them for forgiveness. In this, you're beholden to them for that emotional catharsis, but you're still beholden. And you're also beholden to them because they, they fucking tape them sometimes. Right. Well, yeah, they actually like they've got basically a blackmail system. Their auditing system is a fucking they record the auditing sessions. Yeah. And then they just hang on to that shit. And then if you ever try to leave or you know, expose their shit or I don't know, don't give them a fucking check, whatever it happens to be. And they have, you know, they've got all your fucking dirty secrets that you've laid out. But I think the other thing is that there is an intention, I think a clear intention to lay people emotionally bare, because once you lay somebody emotionally bare, then it's so much easier for you to say, okay, now that you're, you know, now, now that you're stripped down to the wire, now we can start putting you back together the way we want you put back together and in the order that we want you put back together. And then that makes people, um, you know, continue these, uh, these onto the next train of therapy because you've been, you've been reduced down to this emotional, blubbering, vulnerable mess. And then they very kindly put you back together, but maybe not in the same order you walked in the door with, you know? Um, and I just thought like, man, that is some, that is a fucking, that's evil, man. Yeah. That's straight evil. That auditing shit. That's like it's it's like it's like purposely making your fucking kid cry just so that you can comfort them in a way that distorts their views on what they're crying about. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's really emotionally vindictive. Yeah. And and the one thing I don't get about that whole auditing thing is they haven't updated the technology since the 50s. So they're holding like two fucking Pepsi cans in their hands. And they got all these little like fucking old timey Radio Shack roach clip wire things on there. And they're standing there talking with this fucking thing that looks like it came out of like 19. It's like hooking somebody up to your fucking Victrola. Like, Mabel, get me Zenu. Give me a break. Can't you fucking up that thing a little? Can't you fucking update it just a little? bit because it looks ridiculous yeah it, it is it's it's it really is like a couple of fucking soup cans it is, it's, it's, it's like, like a soup can fucking <laughs> telephone it's like it's like the it's like the fucking you want to like dip a grilled cheese in it when you're done <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's cra- and i love the e-meter because the e-meter it's like they describe it as like yeah it's like one third of a lie detector like all it it's 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 nothing yeah it's like it doesn't do through your body right. Yeah, it, it it all it does is maybe measure, like it doesn't give you any data that you could possibly fucking use. Like, oh, you seem emotionally worked Are out. Are lies more dense than fucking like <laughs> non lies? It doesn't even make any sense. 
No, I know. It's it's fucking crazy. It's amazing. The the best part was when they started talking to these people and they finally got because I guess you get a briefcase when you get to like OT level three and they get a briefcase with a handwritten <laughs> Xenu shit on it. And the fucking Xenu stuff is amazing. And it's, it's just so it's awesome. just as goofy. If you want a primer on what the Xenu shit is. There's a great South Park episode, and it explains it in 100% detail what goes on. But some of the stuff that they explain, and, and they showed a video, uh, a, a Scientology <laughs> video, where they have these fucking DC-10s flying. And I love how they're, they explain it. L. Ron Hubbard explains it as, well, there's another place in the universe where people are dressed like it's 1950 or something. I know. <laughs> they have 1950s cars, and they look exactly like us. And then they, they fly these DC-10s over volcanoes and then drop atom bombs in them and i'm thinking what what could possibly need a volcano and an atom bomb to destroy it why do you need both <laughs> things yeah i'm actually yeah. i'm not actually sure what the volcano adds to the equation no right like i've dropped a whole bunch of things i don't like yeah, the, the into a volcano people, the first. prisoners the prison the bad people or something i don't yeah. know but i already put them in a volcano yeah. Right? Already, but then I'm like, oh, that wasn't enough. So now I Adam bombed them. So Adam why not? Why? Well, it seems like you're wasting yeah. energy in one direction or the and other. You, Either they didn't need to go in the volcano, <laughs> or you didn't need the atom if bomb. They, if, if you could fly to another planet, don't why do you just fly them into the sun? You know, like, but why even? Why just just why do you just blast them off into a random trajectory in space? Yeah. And who and, cares yeah. what happens? <laughs> They're going, going, gone. Right, they'll get somewhere eventually. What do but, I care what happens? Uh, like, where are they at? I don't know. Fucking left <laughs> of Andromeda. They are in it makes space. Makes no fucking difference to me. Uh, the best Cecil is how the people react. Like these are hardcore, yeah, yeah. Scientologists, right? And they're like talking to these guys, and these guys are like, "Yeah," and I was so fucking excited to become like OT level three, and that's not occupational therapist. Yeah. But they're like, they're like <laughs> OT level three or whatever, and I got my fucking hand job from. From, you know, Elron himself, and I got the fucking magic briefcase, and I read his fucking scribbly, scrawly story, the creation story, and to a person, they were like, the fuck? <laughs> the one guy's like, I thought it was a test if I believed, if I believed it, they it. would call yeah. me insane. That's amazing. Could you imagine getting that from somebody and having them look at you seriously and, and say that this is a... The thing is, though, when you come right down to it. How crazy is this in comparison to the rest of the shit? I saw a, an interview with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson recently where he was talking about this. And he said, look, this is no crazier than thinking somebody just turned fucking a piece of cracker into Jesus, you know? Right. Right. No, it's not any crazier. But the best part is that, the, it, is that, is that creation myths of today don't have the patina of age yeah. to give them that sort of false credibility. Yeah. And they also aren't shrouded in the uh, obfuscations of ancient languages. Yeah. So they're written in, you know, regular, easily accessible modern English, and they're fucking Looney Tunes, just like the Bible is fucking Looney Tunes and the Quran is fucking Looney Tunes. And it, I mean, and that's why the Book of Mormon is so – like, that's why it seems, like, especially crazy, too, because you're like, that's close enough to now yeah. that you just look at it and be like, that very obviously didn't happen. <laughs> like, there's no way any of these things happened. <laughs> and we know enough about the progenitors of these myths to know that, like, the guy is a huckster. Yeah. 
Like L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Let's talk a little bit about this guy, right? Because the whole the whole Scientology thing is made up by a guy who used to say that he wanted to found a religion because that's where the real that's money, where the money was. was. Yeah, he, he said it. Right. Yeah, and he did. And the thing, and and what I really thought was intriguing was they they talked about. He could have left when he was rich many times, and he didn't because I think he really enjoyed the power that came with it. Um, and that's really interesting. There was some – evidently, Dianetics took off and then floundered because he really thought it was like a psychiatric breakthrough. Right. Yeah, he was like writing to psycho- like psychological associations saying like, hey, I invented this thing. And they were like, this is a fever dream written by lunatics. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Like, this is delirium tremens. Yeah. Like, this is nothing. I can't do anything with this. Yeah, he wanted, like, the Nobel Prize for it or something. And then and then a bunch of people kind of came and took his classes, and then he he sort of realized that it wasn't going anywhere, and then he, he morphed it into the, into the religion that it became. And then he, like, made a boat and sailed around the world. <laughs> boat shit. And these so people weird. had to work on the boat, and they got paid nothing and just had to scrub shit down with toothbrushes and... It just seemed so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> it so fucking weird. I you I I cannot imagine. And I know that this happens in all walks of life. The you know, um on a large scale, uh I I've heard that the military breaks you down this way physically. Uh I don't know because I've never been through boot camp, so I don't know the extent of it. Um I know that fraternities and sororities haze people. I know that there's other organizations that haze people. Um, but this felt like it felt like hazing to a level that was unconscionable where you just they're they're making these people work and work and work 30 hours at a time, get three hours sleep on like soggy mattresses and soggy mattresses outside, outside. like on the Jeez, roof. It's like they're in an like fucking they're in an apple factory somewhere or something. <laughs> i'm kidding what are they migrant yeah, workers suddenly i'm getting email about that no but uh like seriously they were they were just and then the kids weren't being taken care of the kids like malnourished and they because they they take care of their kids because they 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 frowned on having children but when you did have children you put them in the little gestapo that they have there or whatever like little <laughs> little brown shirts and then they become I don't know, little Scientologists, but they weren't taking care of them. At least the woman said that they weren't taking care of them. So there was a lot of people that uh, that that got out that had all these bad things to say. And then later on in the in the in the program, they show Anderson Cooper talking to four women who were married to these guys who left. And these women are just blasting these men. Yeah, well, they, but they have the exact same yeah. story to the point where they are using the same words, the same language. Yeah. So there's, it's like it's like pretty obvious that they were coached, like these people were were obviously coached through, like go on Anderson Cooper. Here's what you're gonna say. Here's how you're gonna say it. Here's how you're gonna respond to these questions. Um, yeah, and it was it was interesting. One of the things I thought was particularly telling was, you know, somebody said like if the FBI if the FBI raided this compound because they're like there's like a prison like on the in the fucking Scientology like fucking Hogwarts castle know, that they yeah. built. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a like floor like nine and three quarters or whatever is there is there a prison floor that's a harry potter joke isn't it i knew it was as soon as he said it i could i could hear you smiling about it but i i don't i'm I like okay i don't know i don't know the nine and three quarters joke i'm sorry 
I know that it cracks you up though. It makes you laugh. It does. It makes yeah. somebody out there is yeah, laughing. Yeah, no, no one out there no. is laughing. No. Well, there's nobody out there. <laughs> Who are we kidding? We're fucking we're recording no, fucking, into the void. Fucking Miskovich is listening right now. He's gonna be furious. <laughs> he's, like, he's gonna sue us yeah. for our dollar. Yeah. <laughs> um Give me that dollar. It's fine, bro. Uh, but he says, like, if, if the FBI were to raid this, this you know, this prison complex or headquarters or whatever you call it, you know, would would you would the people leave? Would they be like, ah, oh, finally? And they're like, no, no, fucking people would stay. And that that struck me, too. Like when when the people were talking about, like, first learning the creation story and being like, this is fucking insane. But at that point, you're so invested. Yeah. You're so invested. It'd be like. It'd be like if you got like tricked into spending like sixty thousand dollars on a fucking Chevelle, right? You'd be like, "The Chevelle is awesome. That is an amazing car," because I paid sixty thousand yeah. dollars for it, and it's either an amazing car or I'm an ass. Yeah, and since I'm not an ass, it must be an amazing car, right? Hubbard at one point there's a part in this uh, story that I'm talking about here. Hubbard told his second wife that he murdered their daughter. There's a part where he just starts calling his wife. I guess he absconds with his daughter to Cuba, one of the few places you can go, and I guess they don't follow you, uh, is Cuba. And so he goes to Cuba, and then he keeps calling his wife on the phone and saying, I cut, my, I cut our daughter up in little pieces and fed her to the fish. And he called her back and be like, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, and then what he really did was he didn't want to raise the daughter, so he pawned him off, pawned the daughter off on a retarded woman, uh, their words, retarded woman and the retarded woman's retarded daughter. Yeah. Who raised the girl in a cage? Yeah. What the? How are you not in all the jails? <laughs> like in a cage. We should invent new jails to put you yeah, in. That's awesome. It's outrageous. It every every part of it. You're just like this can't yeah. possibly be a true. Yeah, it's crazy. There, the, the other stuff that was nuts was the Tom Cruise stuff because that guy just feels so unhinged. He <laughs> know, feels man. so crazy. <laughs> I'm expecting his jaw to open and like Zeno to pop out. <laughs> like I just, that guy seems so nuts. But at one point he's talking about SPs, I guess, which is oh, a right, suppressive yeah, person. Yeah. And he sounds so nuts, so crazy. Because the person says something about SPs, and he said, that's going to be great one day where we could say, uh, yeah, that person uh, back in the day was an SP. No, I've never met one in person. Then he just starts laughing, and his (laughs) face gets really big, and he's like laughing into the camera. And this is their promotional video. I know. It's the, I know. They, how do you film that guy to be so crazy and it's your own promotional video? Well, in the way that they describe how they courted Tom Cruise and then and then they like they purposely built a world, a sort of moving world that follows Tom Cruise around that only shows him what he wants to see, right? Like they're like, we need to break up his marriage with Nicole Kidman. Let's break up his marriage with Nicole Kidman, and we'll do that, and then we'll get him a new girlfriend. So find this woman, and then give her the fucking million-dollar makeover, and then put her in a house. Put her in the Tom Cruise house. And then, like, so everywhere he goes, he's getting this managed reality. The, the fucking guy is living in kind of like the celebrity version of the Truman uh, Show. Truman yeah. Show. All sponsored by Scientology. No wonder he's fucking insane. He is literally unconnected with reality. Like he and reality don't ever hang out together because he's constantly having his his reality managed by his handlers at at this Scientology world shit. 
And like he gets up on the stage to speak and he's like saluting people and like so doing like weird, weird hand gestures. <laughs> he looks so he looks so emphatic, but he's like three feet yeah, tall. He's, so the weird. thing is, is he's like shorter than the dude on stage. I know. And that guy looked like a pipsqueak. And he says like He's so fucking full of himself. At one point, he's like, I've spoken to the leaders of leaders. And I'm just like, dude, you are an actor. <laughs> what are you kidding me? It's not like fucking Netanyahu had you over fucking last week to chat about the fucking Iran nuke deal. Like, you're just an actor, man. He's like, I have I have spoken with the leaders of leaders. And then, you know, he pays some fucking grandiose compliment to this. Uh, miscarriage or whatever <laughs> David's David name is. Miscarriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be the last episode of this podcast, though. <laughs> I know, this, like if we yeah. get shut down by Scientologists, uh, that's it. They could they could take they could sue me. They could be like, we squeeze blood from a stone. We got no blood, yeah. as it turns out. Yeah, <laughs> you have to fight with a tax lady over the last of the <laughs> <Right>? money. <laughs> Much more important than which rock group do you listen to is how about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Young person, that's really where it's at. So this story comes from the Raw story. Pat Robertson, forbid soccer on Sundays and God will make your kids rich like Chick-fil-A. That's just spectacular. I think we got to hear this from Robertson's own mouth. All right, so this is Pat Robertson, 700 Club. He's going to have uh, his assistant read it, and then he's going to respond. This is Terry, who says, my nephew is a 15-year-old high school freshman on the soccer team. His games are on Sunday mornings, and they even had a tournament on Good Friday. My sister and nephew are Christians. She feels torn as it appears they're putting sports before their faith as they miss church often during soccer season. This seems to be a prevalent problem today, sports versus church faith. He's hoping for a soccer scholarship, and mom wants to support his passion for soccer, but she also wants to honor the Lord and feels they should be in church. She she is torn and having a hard time finding any peace in all of this. What are your thoughts? There's a restaurant. It's called Chick-fil-A. Yeah. My, uh, my, my wife calls it Chick-a-fil. I said, no, darling, it's Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Chick-a-fil. But in any event, uh, Mr. Kathy decided years and years ago that he was going to resist pressure and close on Sunday, that he wasn't going to do business on the Lord's Day and he wasn't going to make his employees work on the Lord's Day. Well, Mr. Kathy, from a little fish fillet up to a, a huge chain, is a multi-billionaire before he passed away. And uh, this, the restaurant is as popular. They're lined up to get into it. It is unbelievable on a, on a uh, Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon about 1 or 2 o'clock. Try to get into a Chick-fil-A. They just, the lines all strength all around. Try to get in one on Sunday. It's even harder. <laughs> <laughs> you literally have to break in to get in. Into the Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And then you're disappointed because then you're still in Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to cook it yourself. Right? Jeez. It's like, this is just basically a McChicken. Yeah. <laughs> I don't the get it. a on it. Yeah. It, what the fuck? Yeah. I haven't ever eaten one. Have you? No, I've never yeah, had never one. Had I did, but it's still just a, a, it's a breaded fried chicken sandwich on a bun. Yeah. It can't be, it's, I'm sure it's not that great. It's a fucking, pick, it's a fucking chicken, man. I, right? I, I mean, look, 
if if I made some fucking delicious fried chicken and had like a really high quality bun and had some uh, like great ingredients, do I think I can make a great fried chicken sandwich? Fuck yeah, I could. Do I think they're doing that at Chick Fil A? <laughs> no. It's a uh, McChicken sandwich. Well, we're going to get the emails about that. You guys have never <laughs> been to a Chick-fil-A. You still talk about Chick-fil-A. There's only like four of them out here. There's there, there's not a lot of them. They're not. No, there's not. There's very there's few of them. And I just never had the desire to go to one. I don't want to go to one. Close on Sunday. It's the only day I eat chicken. <laughs> rest of the day, there's the damn time eating beef or pork. <laughs> Or babies, yeah. human babies. Why? They were faithful to the Lord. Now listen. Wait, they were faithful to the Lord? That's why? He sold yeah, his soul for chicken sandwiches? That's, a, <laughs> that's it. You know, it's amazing that, that there's still many faithful poor people. Yeah. And yet this guy's faithful and super ultra mega rich. Maybe what we could do instead is have uh, a super faithful middle class. Yeah. <laughs> that never happened. Right? Never happened. Why is it one way or the other? It's like, you want to meet some fucking really, really religious people? Go to fucking some really poor neighborhood. Here's how you get rich. Be faithful to the Lord and be successful at business. Those are right, exactly. Like, it's, like, it's like, how to get a date. Don't be that's unattractive. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking super easy. If, you're, if right. you have good business sense. And you're faithful to the Lord, right? That's, that's yeah, the, I was yeah. fa- Look, it's three things, man. Venture capital. <laughs> <laughs> Savvy business sense. And close on Sunday. Yeah. And Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I know sports are important, but the time, uh, you, you know that man, uh, who, they did the, the movie about who was the runner. He wouldn't run on Sunday. He wouldn't do this. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, so which is more important, Jesus or soccer? <laughs> Wait a minute. I got to pick which of the two I care less about? That's literally impossible. That's impossible. You're right. I forgot. First of all, I can go weeks without even remembering that soccer is something. <laughs> How often do you even think? I like, don't. Soccer is one I of those don't. sports that when you say it, I have to pause for a second and be like, that's the kicky one. <laughs> I don't. Cares. And God can make a way for your son without having to compromise his faith. And you just tell the coach, I am not going to have my son play on Sunday. We're not going to play on Good Friday. We're not going to play on Easter. We're not. Easter's a Sunday. It's fucking redundant. <laughs> not going to. Like, there's a whole bunch of fucking soccer games on Easter anyway. Yeah. Uh, fucking put your fucking finger right in that coach's <laughs> face and be like, we're not playing fucking soccer on fucking Easter. Sunday. Like, we don't have any games lined up. <laughs> it's a holiday. Settle down, yeah. you fucking insane. I, I would just turn back. If I was a coach, be like, then I'm not going to put your son in the game because he's not going to get practice. Yeah. He's going to suck on the team. I know. that's And, and the thing is, is, he says right afterwards, we're going to honor God. And if you don't like it, he can't participate. And he won't. Part- the thing is, is, like you're saying, well, if you don't like it, he can't participate. And what they're saying is, if he doesn't go to the requisite things, then he can't participate. Right. So this is a fucking it's it you're both saying the same thing. You're fired, you're quit, I quit. Who cares? You're fucking gone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And he happens to be your star, well you're not going to get a star. So Yeah, okay. So you tell him, you say even if he's the star player. Let's say he's the star fucking player on your goddamn soccer team. 
okay, are they going to change everybody else's schedule in the entire league that is multi-school league to figure out how fucking little Johnny fucking Jesus freak is going to get there on Sunday? <laughs> I don't fucking care. I don't care if you're fucking Pele. They're not going to fucking change the league for you. And what fucking difference does it make if you're the fucking local soccer hero? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like the coach is just some fucking dad. You know, it's not like he's getting paid. It's not like he's like, oh, man, we'll lose our fucking Nike endorsements. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, then we'll just yeah. win a few less games. Yeah. At the end of the day, it literally means nothing. It's a fucking irrelevant thing. <laughs> Who fucking cares? It's a oh, self-esteem builder for the kids. That's all it is. Right. Oh, man. But look, none of them are going to go on to play professional soccer in America. <laughs> are you kidding? I'd rather be a hobo. Are you kidding me? You still have to have another job. You do. <laughs> You gotta like, buy like, your own. You, you gotta buy your own fucking pitch cleats. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, I'm a professional soccer player and the UPS guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get so many soccer like emails fucking, now. You gotta. You have to like kick your your ball around your cardboard box under fucking Lakeshore <laughs> Drive or whatever. <laughs> like. <laughs> You're like you're in the locker room taking your weekly shower to get the fucking street like the street dirt off of you. Which would seem weird, but all the other players are homeless yeah. too. You have to survive on like the leavings that are left in the arena, like the popcorn that's on the <laughs> ground and shit. <laughs> like after the game, they don those fucking the like the fucking security smocks and just like grab the stick with up. the pokey on it. This is the only time they get a chance to drink unfinished beers. <laughs> They're like the whole team is powered exclusively by half-drunk beers and licking the fucking nacho cheese out of little plastic containers. <laughs> Mail for so many people who love We're soccer the so much. Jalapenos. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> and we are here to play soccer and eat your leftovers. <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome, man! <laughs> but I guess that assumes that there's even people in the stadium watching soccer <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's as ridiculous as see, dude. Oh man. <laughs> oh, okay. The baseball players show up to laugh. <laughs> oh, how's it going, soccer boy? Hey, look at me using my arms <laughs> to hold my money. <laughs> Oh, look, a special receptacle just for my hands. <laughs> my hands are so important, I don't touch the ball either. I use a fucking cow glove. But at least I get to use my hands. This story comes from Hurry Yeti Daily News. Um, Turkey's top religious body allows toilet paper. Oh, that's good. Uh, so evidently, this is this is a thing, man. 
Um, so Turkey's Directorate of Religious Affairs has released a fatwa okay. stating that the usage of toilet paper is permissible within Islam. Okay. Um, although it emphasized that water should be the primary source of cleaning. I don't really understand how this works. <laughs> I was reading on our Facebook page that said that people just use their hand and like a cup of water. What the what? A what? I, I don't understand. I actually literally do not understand how this works. Do you just splash water at your dirty asshole and then scrub around with your hand? Oh, God. Is that what you do? It's like a dirty pot. Like, what do you... Oh. Because uh, this, this to me, proves that Taco Bell does not exist in Turkey. Oh, no, yeah, no kidding. Because you... You need something a little more substantial. You need, you need something absorbent is what you need. <laughs> right? Like, are you kidding me? If, if, I'm, if I know I'm going to eat Taco Bell, I wear seven adult diapers. Yeah. And I just, I just take them just off in real. layers like a gobstopper of shit. Yeah, like a seven-layer burrito. Right? <laughs> <laughs> one, one fucking depends for each layer of the burrito. Don't put it in a little oven thing. That's going oh. to stick up the joint. Uh, not any worse than Taco Bell already, guys. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you wouldn't even notice the difference. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh god! How were we in 2015 and somebody had to fucking debate whether or not an entire country full of humans should allow toilet paper or whether toilet paper? And really, they're thinking like, is toilet paper clean or unclean? Motherfucker, it's toilet paper. <laughs> Let me it tell is, you, whatever it touches is far more unclean than it. That's all right? I'm saying. Now, I know we're going to get, let me head this off with the past, because we're going to get emails or messages from the bidet crowd, right? Yeah. We're going to be like, well, you've never, you've never had a clean asshole until you fucking jet blasted your ass <laughs> with a fucking spray gun of water at 100 PSI or whatever yeah, they want you to don't do. Don't judge me. But, don't judge me. Look, I will acknowledge that that may be a superior way to clean your ass. I don't know. In America, we wipe our asses with toilet paper. But this is not a bidet versus toilet paper question. This is a toilet paper versus I got a jug of water in my hand. And I still don't even understand how that works. I wouldn't wash a toddler's face that way, let alone <laughs> my own asshole. Dude, this is the reason you got to wear those big, long man dresses. <laughs> no kidding. Right? It's your moo-moo. That way you can air that shit out after you're right? done. You got to let that yeah. fucking drip dry What you whatever. do is you just, you just set your ass in the sink and run the water in between the cheeks. It's and then you just you let it run right down the valley there. And then you just leave and let it drip dry, you know? It's like this is a methodology that could only work in the desert because yeah. at least you can go out. And fucking lay on your fucking belly and let the sun just bake that shit dry. <laughs> oh God! And let it kind of cake oh, off in like God. a like a poo powder that like <laughs> drops from behind you. It's sort of like the worst breadcrumbs ever. <laughs> People always know where you go. If God, if God wanted us to use toilet paper, wouldn't he have just like? I mean, he must love the smell of our shit. If that's the case, right. if you're wa debating the fucking toilet paper question, either that or God wanted us to fucking fart glitter and shit rainbows and he just messed <laughs> up. He just messed the whole thing up. Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. 
If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash dissonance pod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per-episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big, heartfelt glory hold to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Uh, Rick Scarborough. <laughs> Conservatives must fight until we die! Against gay marriage. Yeah, and that's what they're going to do. And then when they die off, then nobody has to worry anymore because nobody will keep their bigoted values. Yeah, well, it, I, you're going to fight until you die. It means you're just going to fight until you die of old age. Yeah, that's it. Because there's no opposing force. Right. This is Rick Scarborough. Um, I, I don't know. It's on a show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got three months uh, to, to address our generation's Roe v. Wade decision. Uh, are we going to just sit back and let the country be destroyed, or as believers, are we going to stand up and be counted? Uh, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord in this. Uh, we're going to go to jail if necessary. We're not going to take this just sitting back and watching it. They're going to go to jail if necessary? Yeah, if necessary. It's a. It's great to make empty threats because there's no possibility <laughs> of going to jail. It's awesome. I'll get killed. I'll get stabbed in the eye by their gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> right? You just like, make up whatever you want. I'll be trod underfoot by their elephants. Like, okay. <laughs> they don't have to. I was going to say, I'll fight all their bears. Yeah. But it doesn't actually, you will maybe have to fight a bear. It's just a different kind of bear. Yeah, I'll fight all their furries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here comes the emails from the furries. Not all furries are homosexual. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Oh, God, I know. I know. God. Uh, Fine. Now I got to cut it out of the show. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I love this. I love this idea that they're like engaged in this great battle. This is our. This is the Roe v. Wade. Decision of our generation. Yeah, well, you fucking lost that one too, yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna lose this one, and the world will move on, and you yeah. will seem like the fucking regressive, meaningless dipshits that you are, like screaming into a fucking void instead of actually. There's no fight. You're not. Who are you gonna fight? Yeah. Who's gonna send you to jail? Nobody cares. And you know like you, what's awesome about this is he's talking about this fucking march for marriage that he's trying to do. Um, to get the people in D.C. He wants to get a million people. The most he got last year was like 2,000 bigots to come out to this thing. <laughs> like, how embarrassing is it? When you're like, We're going to march out D.C. with all our bigotry. And then nobody shows up. There's just 2,000 fucking loudmouths who hate gays. Oh. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, we're 998,000 people <laughs> short of our mark. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's so It's awesome to see these people... Uh, really just as time goes on, just there's fewer and fewer people that are just going to follow along with them. There's fewer and fewer people that are going to look at them and say, you know, maybe they got something there. I, I, I don't know a single person at this point in my life right now that is anti-gay. 
I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I know that I, I mean, I, I don't think I would hang out with anybody, but I, I don't even know anybody that I kind of have to hang out with that is anti-gay, right? Like really? not even like, not, not, are you talking about like people just in our generation or like, like, in- like personally, like work colleagues, people in an organization, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, wherever I, my, my physical self stretches out to whatever that, you know, whether that's you know, social media, whatever it is. I'm, I don't know anybody personally that is anti-gay. Oh, I wish I didn't. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, I know that I do. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't think I know anybody that's my age or near my age, but like some of the older folks that I work with, definitely. Are. Yeah, wow. Yeah, but I, but I you know, I, I think it's, I think like to some degree, I think it's a generational. I think thing. so too. I think so you too. You know, I and this and that just proves the point that like these guys don't have any new ideas. No, they're no. not bringing any. There's no, there's no new energy no. here. And and think about it this way: how uproarious was it to have an interracial wedding, an interracial marriage in the fifties? You know, fucking just crazy uproarious, oh, right? Yeah. Just fucking nuts. And now it's nothing. Nobody even thinks about it, you know? I mean, it doesn't, right. it doesn't affect, certainly doesn't phase me any. I never even thought about it growing up, let alone nowadays. Uh, yeah. Once you get several generations removed from the battle, there's just not going to be anybody who cares anymore. The whole of its glory stands before you. From is amazing. The Daily Mail. It's so awesome. <laughs> this story is awesome. It's awesome. Priest who indulged in sexual role play where he made men pretend to be Judas Iscariot atoning for betrayal, awesome. betraying Jesus during ga- This is still the headline. Hang on. I'm going to start keep over. Going, keep this, going. This is still the headline. Okay. I'm waiting. Priest who indulged in sexual role play where he made men pretend to be Judas Iscariot uh-huh. atoning for betraying Jesus during gay orgies is fired in Italy. Okay. Subheading. Subheading. Prelate's <laughs> online lover approached church about alleged improper conduct. Claimed to have, ed- have evidence Italian priest was having sex with prostitutes. Also said the priest took part in explicit gay web <laughs> chats and sexual role play. He allegedly made lovers pretend to be Judas <laughs> so he could punish them. I'm reminded of, uh, there's a scene from, it's not Clerks, it's the second one, Mallrats, is it Mallrats, where he's like, call me Donnie, call me Joey or whatever, he was like, who's your favorite new kid? I remember it's like, call me father, call me son, call me Holy Spirit, <laughs> who's your favorite member of the Trinity? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Oh, that's awesome, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So, like, let me just be clear, <laughs> first of all, yeah. that the Daily Mail is seriously the fucking, like, they don't understand how journalism's 
goes. Yeah, no, no. Good. This yeah. is so horrible. I know we're not supposed to use the Daily Whatever, Mail. I don't, I don't care. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't give a shit that this guy wants to do weird, do kinky I. sex stuff. <laughs> I think it's awesome that he's I think choosing. it's pretty hilarious. I think, he's, I think it's awesome that he's role-playing the Bible, though. I think that's I think super funny. It's so oh, fucking it's funny. I love... I love that he got the Swiss guard involved. Like, <laughs> There's nothing less sexy than the Swiss guard slash and puff uniform, you know? Look at these like, pictures. Of these huh, is, the, is that 16th century replica Dutch hosen? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. The things I'd do to you. Oh, take your helmet off, big boy. <laughs> it does, however, uh, it, it, if you're going to involve... A group in your gay sex <laughs> This way you could probably do worse than the Swiss Guard, as it appears from this photo that they are rather used to polishing the helmet. <laughs> they know what they're doing, right? They have quick hand speed, and yeah. I mean, clearly there's some shaft handling yeah. going on in these photos. <laughs> so I mean, they they know their way around the helmet and yeah. shaft. And so yeah. this is like, these are your guys. These are the guys. These are these the guys. Are the guys. And they're already dressed for the occasion. <laughs> they're fucking fabulous yeah. to the one. Let me tell you that, that those things that they're wearing almost certainly have butt flaps. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and they got the little cum catcher on the neck. That's how. Okay, that's what it is. You're right. <laughs> that's, what else is that? What is that I don't little know. doily thing? It's like a collar. It's like a 16th century collar. That's what they're dressed like. Fucking the <laughs> entire area just hasn't fucking come out of fucking 1600. <laughs> Look at that. They got a fucking ostrich on their head. What are they guarding with a halberd anyway? I know. No it's kidding. 2015. <laughs> like a halberd? Really? Like somebody is going to attack the fucking uh, pope or something, and you're going to be like, "Wait, I have an old, I got this broomstick <laughs> with a fucking pointy on the end of it." The inventor yeah. of the halberd would be ashamed. Yeah, yeah, right? Because he'd be like, "Wait a minute, this was high technology yeah. for the time." I am a technologist. Can, can, I invented this. Can we just have a sniper on the fucking roof by fucking right? by the Pope? Can we just have one of those guys? It's just instead of a what is uh, the Swiss guard going to do? Nothing. Like they, they're gonna they walk around in their weird tablecloth outfits. <laughs> <laughs> look at them. They look like they look like fucking cheap IKEA curtains. They look like Chinese lanterns. So <laughs> That's hilarious. They look awesome. They look great. Yeah, I I uh, I wonder how they caught him. Like I wonder, was he wind up doing like his uh, his confessions via chat roulette? Is that how they caught him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I and and I I will caution because I'm I'm sure that this priest is is a listener to our fine program. I will caution you with some of the role play you're doing because when you've got Judas Iscariot, you may be doing some choke play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. you know, just be careful. That yeah. shit can get dangerous. Absolutely. Make sure you have a safe word, like thirty yeah. pieces of silver. That's when a good one. When you tie that noose, <laughs> <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Oh, this story is amazing. <laughs> this comes from ABC News. FLDS members. Mob former follower right. who won custody of her children. Okay. Now you would be, <sighs> you could you could be charitably you could misread that as FLDS members mob former follower who won custody of her chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The best part about this story is it like 
this woman is getting like, I mean, she is. She's exactly what it says. She's getting the mo- she's getting mobbed by a bunch of fucking Looney Tunes and bonnets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like there's a sale at the Amish community or something, right? Can you I'm, honestly? I mean, I, I recognize that, that that this is this is different, but as somebody from outside the outside world, can you imagine anything less frightening? Than this, than like getting threatened by like the old timies. <laughs> I mean, truly. I mean, like they show up, they're just like, yeah. <laughs> I'd be more throwing... scared. I'd be more scared of the fawns at this point. I know. know? <laughs> it's just you. Just like you, I would look at them like fucking incredulously, yeah. be like, I'm getting in a car, yeah. <laughs> a car. <laughs> I've got nothing to say to you. My jeans have a fucking zipper, you fucking knuckle draggers. (laughs) This is my boomstick. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Oh, it's amazing. But at one point, they say in the story, it says, (laughs) I gotta find it now. The second paragraph. the, The second paragraph. They say, they kicked in the doors and even tried to put <laughs> chickens in the vehicle. And, and I wonder, the Amish community has such a cute way of, of saying having sex with your cousin by saying <laughs> chickens in the vehicle, you know? It's, it's like code. It's like secret code. It must be because they, they didn't put like real chickens in a vehicle, did they? I, 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 I like that this... I don't know if they really. I I love that they tried to put the chickens yeah, in the sure, vehicle yeah, first of all, to, but that yeah. that implies that they were unsuccessful in their chicken. Attempts. Who who was the one that thwarted it? Was the chicken, or was it the person? You know, I'm wondering like how did like the the, the chicken sort of revolting at the time, or did the chicken like totally was totally down with it, but the person just wound up you know pushing the chicken out at the last moment. <laughs> save their car from, I don't know, the egging it was going to get. I don't know. Never bring a chicken to a custody battle. Yeah, it's true. It's you know? absolutely it's, true. It's, it's, absolutely you're true. You're not going to. Like, what's the end game if you got the chicken in the car? Like, <laughs> what's be a chicken in the car? You got it. So, so like, they're like, well, if I can put a chicken in your car, I'd be like, I'm not afraid of chickens. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Did they? Are they? Just did they think this chicken. person was like allergic to chickens? Yeah, and was no. be like, oh, yeah. I died. It's like ruining their day. It's like I don't even know. Yeah, it's you not think like they, they put a fucking mountain lion in a car. Don't you guys live in the desert? Go find a fucking rattlesnake. Now that's a thing to be afraid of. And, and okay, so you're forming your mob, right? <laughs> you're like, <laughs> it's like the mob. It's like the mob in Holy Grail, where they're fucking weighing a chicken versus the person. <laughs> it's like a duck. If she weighs more than a duck, she's a, a duck, witch, right? So it's, it's like we're, you're grabbing your pitchforks and your lit torches, and somebody's like, no, 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 uh, uh-uh, uh, I got an idea. Somebody needs to bring a chicken, bro. Bring some chickens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll teach her. She'll show up. We'll throw chickens in her car, and then who's gonna look stupid now? Uh, uh, can bet you can't drive a car with a chicken. In it. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were just trying to like help her out. Yeah, yeah man, when you get where you, hungry, when you get where you're going, you just 
take the chicken out, and then you got a chicken. <laughs> you know, we want to pack some love, chicken fingers. Yeah, we're gonna pack a lunch for you. Here you go. <laughs> you gotta have the Mormon lunchbox. You gotta. And then you gotta have this be like, this isn't like a fucking you know made sandwich. You have to do a little something. Make sure you get your chicken, but you know, <laughs> bring this. It's a Chick Fil A delivery vehicle. <laughs> They attacked him with chickens, That's man. Amazing, dude. That's a oh yeah. You guys are with it. You're you don't seem ridiculous at all. <laughs> you don't seem antiquated at all. <laughs> I would love. Yeah. I would love it if somebody rushed up to my car <laughs> to throw a chicken at it. I go. All I would have to do is roll up my window. I flick my finger. Bzzz. <laughs> and now you can't. What are you gonna do? Chicken just hits the window. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like at the end, like the aftermath when you drive away in your fucking gasoline powered automobile, and you leave behind the past, <laughs> and all these fucking goddamn goobers are standing in the desert amongst their dead chickens and their bonnets and their fucking loss. How do you feel then? Like, what do you look around like? I don't. I don't think we thought that through. <laughs> <laughs> Should have brought a cow. Oh. <laughs> like, there's like a series of ascending farm animals <laughs> that, they, that they have to bring to these fights. <laughs> like... So we want to thank our most current patrons: Oslock, Gary, BT, Andrew. Rachel, Kane, Zach, and Seth, thank you all so much for your generous donations. We really appreciate it. Tom, you were very happy with the most recent patron. Yeah, so we, we got a, uh, a, a, a Patreon donation that moved us into the whole dollar amount. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm not that guy, but on this, I'm that guy. It makes me crazy to have, like, and 14 cents. <laughs> Or like, and 29 cents? Like, it just was making me cry. I'm not even kidding. I thought about fucking donating the 86 cents or whatever it was to get to the next dollar because it just, it it gets, it's like nails on a chalkboard. If you donated something, then you would actually put something into the show, and I don't think you can do that. No, I'd have to create a login. I'm exhausted. I'm already tired. We want to thank everybody though who donates. It's amazing that uh, that people uh, give us their hard-earned money uh, to put this show out. So we want to thank everybody who does that. Uh, it it really means a lot to us, and we want to thank you. We got a message. This is from uh, this is from Paul uh, in Abu Dhabi. Wow, in Abu Dhabi, huh? Um, and and he was talking about Singapore, Tom. Yeah. So Paul says, uh, I just heard the latest episode um, and had to chime in. And he says yes via Patreon. Thank oh, you. Oh, nice. And had to chime in on the Singapore story. Tom was so right, of course, (laughs) (laughs) right, when he said that not every society values free speech the same way as the United States. I've dealt with Singapore and Singaporeans many times. The way they handle free speech is almost straight out of an Orwell novel. Singapore, also known as, quote, the world's most welcoming oppressive dictatorship and Disneyland with the death penalty. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. has a long and sordid history of quashing speech it finds embarrassing or inconvenient. The government sues critics into silence and bankruptcy thanks to old British libel laws they kept on the books, and the mass media is no help because it's all licensed and controlled by the government. 
The government position, and I think this is interesting, is that the media shouldn't be a watchdog, but rather should assist the state in achieving its aims. You can imagine the kind of problems sure, it causes. Sure, yeah. Um, that's interesting. So I think that's that's a very uh, yeah. interesting take on that. So thank you. We got another one too, Tom. This is from Jeanette. This is from uh, someone from Singapore. Right. Uh, now to my main point, I'm a Singaporean. In your latest episode, Sock and Bagels, you mentioned a 17-year-old who slammed Christianity. You mentioned that he was arrested for free speech, but me and my fellow Singaporeans will agree that you have been misled on the article very gravely. We understand that free speech is important and promotes free thinking, but what the kid did was unacceptable. The reason why he was arrested was because he was slandering our former prime minister, Lee Kuan Yew, who recently passed away. Our country is a place of many, many religions. It is a very sensitive issue to display displeasure for any religion, be it Hinduism, Christianity, or Buddhism. What we want is the religious harmony. You must understand that our people have come this far because of uh, Lee Kuan Yew. Um, We worked very hard and suffered a lot. I'm going to skip down a little bit. Um, Also, we have free speech. We can say what we want, despite the Western portrayal of our restrictions on free speech. Our government understands this, but will act on your claims. If you say something, you must have proof, unbiased facts, and a good reason to make your opinion public. Free speech isn't about saying what you like without consequences. It's about saying what you believe and acknowledge that you must take on the challenge to prove it, or at least that is what my take on it is. That's an interesting it's an interesting concept but Cecil you had some 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 issues with that. Yeah, I guess I guess if you say you have to have proof and unbiased facts then why do people get to spout on about religion? Because they don't have any facts at all. They have, right. they have a book that said that they they should do it this way and that's it. So I don't that I mean that's not proof or unbiased facts. Those are completely biased facts. Yeah, you know, I have a I have a problem with with any social structure that that holds political figures or ideas um, in such high regard that they are not open to relentless criticism. Um, it is relentless and unfettered criticism that is that, that defines free speech. It's not free speech when you just say the things everybody else agrees with. It's free speech when you are free to, uh, you know, say unpopular, even sometimes crazy or hateful things. That's really the essence of free speech. It is. It means I can say whatever thing I want to say, and you can disagree vehemently, and that's, that's how we exchange our ideas. When the government steps in and intervenes in my ability to say something about any, whether it's a political figure, a religious figure, a corporation, whatever, I no longer possess free speech. I possess mediated speech. And the government gets to choose which pieces of speech they want to hear and want to release. We got a message from Christopher. And this is, this is funny because Tom and I don't know Swedish. We have no idea. So th- fucking we presume last week was a thing. We don't know. Maybe the guy was just making up sounds. Yeah, he says, uh, not that anyone cares, but last week's reading was not in Swedish. Best guess is a Norwegian high on oil fumes imitating a Muppet in a chef's hat. That's amazing. That was terrific. Got a message from Emily about the book banning. Emily said, uh, I just started listening uh, to episode 218 where we talked about the question the librarian brought up regarding the banning of books, such as How to Train Your Child, because it essentially endorses physical child abuse as a legitimate method of child rearing. Granted, I'm paraphrasing, but it seemed that you argued in opposition of banning the book or the dissemination of any information or ideas simply due to their potential as a catalyst for persons to harm. 
In this, I agree wholeheartedly. Ideas being strictly abstract notions are inherently exanimate. It's when people use them to affect the world around them that they are lent whatever power is put behind them. I bring this up because much as I love your show, um, there are things that have never quite sat right with me. The one that's actually related to this is your rancorous animosity toward religion itself. It seems to me, especially after offering the above argument, that this would have to spark some cognitive dissonance within yourselves. Religion is just really a codified set of ideas, while the rampaging assholes who use it for any purpose other than making the universe marginally more uh, pellucid within their own minds are the danger. And I want to speak to that real quick um, to be very clear about our positions. And again, I, I think structurally the show uh, bears this out. Cecil and I don't feel that religion should be banned. Um, so I don't think that a government uh, or any organizing social body should say that religion should be uh, swept from the earth. We are very specific that we cover stories where people are harmed. We never cover the uh, – I don't think we've ever covered, Cecil, the abstract notions questions, right? No, it's we don't, very – yeah, very rare. We'll kind of bring them up, but they're always in relation to people. Right. So so we are always talking about ideas as they relate to people. That's always how that's why we we structured the show very specifically that way from the outset. That we we're going to choose news stories to cover. We're not going to talk about religion as a sort of broad topic and go through these anti-apologist arguments and talk about why it's not real or why it's not true. But even if you did that, that is not the same thing as saying I I think we should ban a book. No one is saying I think we should ban religion. I'm not saying I think we should ban religion. I think people have uh, a right to believe any stupid, fucked up, dumbass idea they want to believe. Um, step two is what's important for Cecil and I, I think, which is what did you do with your stupid, yeah. fucked up idea? Did you hurt somebody with it? Because, you know, there should be consequences. But thank you very much for the email. <laughs> we got another joke after the fact. A much better joke than we ever came up with on the show. This is from D, and D said, I came up with a name for your new sock store, Glory Hose. <laughs> that's, what, that's what those guys, those, that fucking Swedish guard or whatever wears. The, right, they the do glory wear that. Hose. The Glory Hose. Sexy in those Glory that's Hose. That's awesome. We got a, we got a message, um, and this is from Kernan. And Kernan wants us to mention uh, a skeptical conference that's going to be happening. This is Skeptical 2015. Uh, this is happening at the Oakland Asian Cultural Center. It's going to be happening on June 6th. So we're going to put a link to it. If you're interested in going, if you're in that area and you want to go check it out, uh, you know, you're in the San Francisco, Berkeley area, somewhere around there, and you want to go check this out, we're going to have the link to it on our website uh, so you can go and have a good time and, and network with other uh, people who think very similarly. We got a, a, this is the last message. We got a message from, uh, from Roderick. And Roderick said, on episode 218, you guys made fun of the idea of a sock store. Well, I take offense to this. Here in Australia, we have a proud tradition on, spe on specialty sock stores. In every shopping center, uh, and that's a mall for us Americans, there's a small store devoted to selling socks. There's also a, a normally more than one all competing for our sock business. Are you kidding me? They have like fucking little <laughs> tiny kiosks that you sell socks at and fucking malls down there. A large percentage of these stores are located underneath the escalator and is manned by an old Asian guy or a small Asian woman. They're all small. All Asian women are small. <laughs> right? That's are you redundant. kidding? 
This uh, this has been a long held tradition, uh, traditional store in Australia for the last twenty three years. I assume, as I'm only twenty three years old, <laughs> I love the uh, fucking. I don't. There's no history before I was born. There's none. Right. It's yeah. just that's it. They started yeah. as soon as they knew I was out of the womb. But he's very mad, and he said, "You should be more careful about making fun of our sacred sock tradition." So we apologize. Can you get a happy ending at those? Th- I mean, you know, if, if it's an Asian woman who's running, right? It, can there you be you like, "Hey, I want to." Get some socks and a happy ending. And then the happy ending is that she she puts the socks in pairs for you. Just right in the sock. (laughs) Right in the sock. (laughs) What are you, 15? You got to take the sock with you when you leave. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's enough of this. (laughs) Yeah, We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 